1: I'm Sally Sherman for AMH60, The Answer.
2: And I'm on. I'm Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning to you, Ken. Good morning, everybody out there. Hope everybody's feeling good. Morning, Doc. Was it George that we were giving mugs to last week? I think it was George, wasn't it? I think you're right. Yes, sir. George, I just wanted to let you know it's in the mail, baby. If you guys don't get your mugs, just call Ken and yell at him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll take care of him for sure, Doc. I got a mug this way. I paid a visit to the doctor, an office visit, and uh, left with a uh, Dr. Bill, your
2: Radio MD coffee mug. Did you get a box? I wanted you to take a whole box of them to the station. I grabbed about six of them. Oh, well, get some more next time you're down.
1: Yeah, pass passed one out to Steve and Barb and Joe and Roger. All got one, yeah. And I my got wife it. got one, too. I, I brought it home, and I put it on the counter, and it, it, she just fell in
2: love with it. It matches our decor. <laughs>
1: Good.
2: Good. Well, you know, I told you my, my uh, neighbor, John, who's a big wig and GM, he was on a conference meeting with the executive board uh last week of General Motors and he was holding his mug of Dr. Bell up. Yay! <laughs> I love it. Hey, did you see that game last night? I mean, I know not everybody's a football fan, but did you see Cincinnati uh upset uh, or beat the Titans and then and then uh, Green Bay got beat too. Did you see that?
1: I you know, I watched both those games. Titans kind of beat themselves a little bit, got some um got a good call but couldn't take advantage of
2: it. And the Green Bay Packers I don't, I don't know who that team was. Boy, the Forty Niners, uh, they just looked really awesome. Uh, you know, they were, they were not. I don't think they were at the level of us of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when we're, uh, when we're doing extremely well. But I think they're, they're, they got a shot at it, and we'll see what happens. Uh, should be interesting today. We got to get past who the the uh, Rams. The Rams, staff?
1: yeah. So that's gonna, that's gonna be a tough game today. But I think we'll prevail in the long run.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. Our defense is back, and when we played them the first time, I think that our defense was pretty uh, pretty beat up. Uh, I don't think we had Gronkowski either at that point. I
1: think you're right, so, yeah.
2: We've got some assets back, and I think we'll be okay. I hope we make it to the Super Bowl. I think we will. We'll see what happens. And, what? Uh,
1: by the way, I just want to point out, you can win a Dr. Bill Your Radio MD coffee mug later on in the show. Just pay attention to what we're talking about in the first half of the show because the question in the second half of the show will deal with something that happened uh, in the first half of the show. So just want to get that out there before we get into anything. Well, what are we getting into today, Doc?
2: Well, first, I got to tell you now, we do have the PCR, rapid PCR test in the office for the COVID. Um, That's different than the antigen test. The antigen test is less expensive, a little less accurate. The uh, PCR test, the nucleic acid amplification test, they actually test for the genetic material of the virus, whereas the antigen test uh, tests for the proteins on the surface of the virus. So you think of the virus as a little cell with a capsule, and then the uh, coronavirus has a spike sticking off of it. So we, we have two tests now, and, of course, the PCR rapid uh, PCR test is a little more expensive. I got the wife to lower it to 150 bucks. Uh, and some people are charging $300. And some places you go, they send it out, and it takes two or three days before you get it back. We'll have it to you in 15 minutes. That's pretty phenomenal. That's pretty, it's a pretty neat little machine. I was impressed. It's got its own little internal heater, and it's got its own little little computer, and uh, it's, it's just really a fancy little piece of equipment. So we've got that, and let's make good use of it, folks, because I don't want to have to buy that thing from Abbott. If I don't use it, (laughs) what? (laughs) So,
1: what's the phone number for the office? If people want to make an appointment or something,
2: seven two seven three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one. And for the uh, for the for the antigen test, uh, the PCR test, the COVID uh, test, you can just walk in. Uh, You can also walk in for the vaccine. We've got the uh, Pfizer and the Moderna. And don't listen to the press. If you've got three or four doses of the vaccine, you've got some protection against the Omicron. The people we're seeing in the hospital with Omicron are largely unvaccinated, Ken. So, uh, And I don't think we've had any deaths at our hospital from the Omicron. I know there's been about 100 in Florida with this last surge, but that's a pretty small number considering we're, what, 22 million people now? Uh, That's about right, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not worried, Ed but you do need to get vaccinated and don't listen to this stuff that the vaccine doesn't, doesn't help with the Omicron. It doesn't mean you can't get Omicron, but what it does mean is you won't get that sick. And that was the same with the Delta. So do the smart thing and get vaccinated. Well, now we're looking at, uh, I'm so sick of talking about, <laughs> I'm to move on. Any questions out there? Good. We're moving on. <laughs> So we're talking. We're talking about uh, this morning. Let's talk a little bit about the Ukraine. And I know a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, it's not our fight. We don't care." You better care. You know, this is the same attitude we took in the in the 1930s when Germany was on the rise, and we ended up in the largest world war ever, with more deaths than any war had ever uh, caused, and and more destruction and more chaos. Now, out of it came a. Uh, a bright new future, but still, a uh, hard way to get there. Uh, well, let's, hard... let's
1: look at the similarities for just a second, okay, Doc? All right? We let yeah. Hitler get away with what he got away with initially.
2: And we're letting Putin get away with what he wants to get away exactly.
1: with. Exactly. And you know what was happening on, on the other side of the world? The Japanese were watching this and saying, well, <laughs> nobody's going to do anything, so let's go into China.
2: And we said, don't do that or we're going to put sanctions on you. And they said, oh, we're scared. Exactly. So we, we cut off their oil, we cut off their rubber supplies, we cut off their chromium, the raw materials that we were supplying to them. And so they said, well, we'll just go take Southeast Asia and do get our own. We'll drill for our own oil. In a... Now, they had a big debate, though. They said, should we go north, further, deeper into China and Manchuria and look for resources there? Or should we go south? to uh, Southeast Asia, and when uh, Tojo and his cabinet were meeting, there was a big, big dispute. There were the northerners and the southerners, and the northerners were saying, look, if you go south, you're going to have to confront the United States, because their presence in the South Pacific is pretty pretty hefty, as is Great Britain's, and so you'll have to attack them, and the northerners were saying, that's not a good idea. I don't think you're going to win that battle. Southerners won out and they attacked us at Pearl Harbor. Because they thought we were weak and we wouldn't do anything. And, and you know, this is the same nonsense that the Chinese and the Russians are seeing coming out of our uh, weak president and our weak White House. They want to focus more on their own uh, self-aggrandizement and what they consider to be social agenda, which is really just another way for them to uh, lock in more power. And another thing that happened in the 1930s was the worldwide uh, – lack of luster and falling out of love with democracy. And people were saying, well, democracies don't work. Look, we're in this horrible recession in the 1930s, and the Russians, they're not starving. Of course, they were, but you know, the Russians were putting out good press. And so uh, people said, well, we don't know what's best for us. Let's just let somebody like Hitler or Mussolini uh, tell us what's best for us. And and there was a lot of animosity in Germany towards the world after the, uh, the, the terrible uh, Treaty of Versailles that punished them severely. And, you know, we've got the same kind of escalation of, uh, uh, of sanctions against, against China going on now. You know, last week we cut back uh, several Chinese flights into the United States because they cut back several American flights into China over the Omicron. And we said, well, you know, if you're going to do that, we're going to cut back some of your flights from your companies. And so it's a tit for a tat and it's it's mounting up. And what's what's Biden going to do? I mean, you got the largest landmass country in the world. They probably have the most resources, natural resources of any country in the world. I mean, the only countries that rival them in resources are going to be Canada and Australia, relatively small populations but you know Russia's got what 185 200 million people they're they're a good sized country uh, they got the manpower and they've got the resources and they've got the market too the Europeans are buying their gas they can pump out oil they've got gold they've got metals i mean they're you know they're they're capable of sustaining themselves they don't need us well
1: mark my words if we let him take uh, the ukraine china will move on taiwan
2: china will move on taiwan and they'll try to shore up their their claim to the South China Sea, and as I've said over and over again, if the South China Sea falls to the Chinese, worldwide shipping is going to be disrupted. And if you think the supply chains are a problem now, <laughs> wait Perfect. till the Chinese say, no, you can't come through here because you haven't paid your impact fees, and plus you're just not nice people and we don't like you. And Europe and, and better watch themselves as well because you take all of your gas and your
1: oil from Russia and you, you leave yourself wide open for terrible yes, things that happen down the line if they want to cut that off.
2: Yes, you do. And remember, uh, Russia, the, the Soviet Union, went to France and Great Britain before World War II and said, let's make a pact, let's make a deal. And France and Great Britain said, nah, we don't want to deal with you guys. You're a bunch of uh, communists. And and so Stalin turned to Hitler and said, let's make a deal. So they split up Eastern Europe, the Ukraine, and Poland, and yeah. You know, and, uh, and 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 the, the British and the French acquiesced, uh, and the Sudetenland was ceded over to uh, to Germany. That was part of Czechoslovakia. The Danzig Quarter was given back to them, and uh, and they basically co-opted Austria. And nobody said anything until Chamberlain, Neville Chamberlain, their their Prime Minister, was booted out, and and Churchill came in, and a lot of people didn't like Churchill, but you know what? He was the right man for the times. And he said, "If you go into Poland, we're declaring war." And Hitler, by that time, had said, "Well, we don't believe it because you haven't really done much." <laughs> yeah. And and Putin saying the same thing. He's saying, "What are the Americans going to do? They're not going to come over here. They're a bunch of wusses." Yeah. And and this is a this
1: is a man who grew up in the old Soviet Union and longs for the day of uh you know the Soviet. Well, superpower days. And he's trying to recreate that.
2: And this, and, is, he, and this is step one. This is step one. And he, you know, well, he took, what, uh, Belarus back. He'd conquered that, and now it's a client state. Yeah. And is basically a client state. All these little Soviet, former Soviet republics that were independent after 1997. But the thing he's so upset about is that the Ukraine wants to join NATO. And so, NATO, which is a big threat to the Russians because NATO initially was formed to put a check on the Russians on the Soviet Union, is still seen as a threat by the Soviets or by the Russians. Well, it's a threat to their expansion, and that's what it's there for. And and it's a threat to – they think that the United States wants to invade Russia. That's what the Soviets have told their people. Now, whether the leadership really believes that or not, I don't know. But they've got the people thinking that and convinced of that. And th- this is dangerous, Ken. This is just dangerous. The, the the Russians want NATO to be pushed back to its 1997 boundaries. And, you know, there's a ton of countries that have come in uh, to NATO since the uh, the Soviet Union fell. Let's see if I've got – I have a picture of that somewhere. I'll tell you all the countries that have popped up. In, well, mean, the, the Baltics
1: is, pretty much are in
2: NATO now. Uh, the Baltics were, were... – Lat- Lithuania, yeah. Estonia. Poland, uh, uh, Slovakia, Moldova, Romania, Hungary, Hungary. I mean, all these countries that were in the Soviet bloc, uh, some of the Yugoslavian countries like Slovenia and Croatia, and they're all now in NATO. And so, he's the, surrounded.
1: He feels surrounded.
2: He's, a, you know, he's he feels like he's surrounded, and he also and he doesn't want that he wants to have control over Eastern Europe. And why the Ukraine? Do you know that the Ukraine has been considered the breadbasket of Europe for, gosh, centuries? They have been one of the largest producers of wheat and uh, vegetables and, and all kinds of uh, food stuff, and the Soviets had relied heavily on the Ukrainians for their, their, their daily bread. And when the Ukrainians had, had a crop failure, the Soviet Union suffered; and starved. it starved. It's just—it's—it's it's a much bigger problem than most Americans think, and it's just a shame that the administration is playing this down. This is not a good situation. This is World War II uh, in the making, or a repeat of World War II. It'll be World War III. Will we use nuclears? I don't think so. But if we get pulled into this, as we might as and we didn't want to get into world war one or two remember
1: absolutely not no we (laughs) tried to stay out of world war two right up until december 7th
2: and and woodrow wilson stayed out of world war one until 1917 so it was just the last year of the war that we entered and he was uh he was uh, uh, he was one of these pacifist kind of guys he wanted the world to get together the league of nations and all that and he said we're not going to war we're not i'm not going to take my country into a worldwide conflict uh, that we really don't have a dog in. and But <laughs> you know what? He ended up changing his tune. I mean, he was he was the opposite of what Teddy Roosevelt said, which was you'd speak softly and carry a big stick, and if somebody misbehaves, you whack them.
1: Well, I think, and, I, if I remember correctly, uh, Germany conspired, was trying to conspire with Mexico to have Mexico attack the U.S. Yep. from the south, and that's what set off uh uh, that's what sent off uh, what's his name the president Woodrow Wilson that's what sent him off when that, he found it, that out he knew he had to go in
2: that and the sinking of the Lithuania yes Lusitania Lusitania, Lusitania yes Lusitania. so that was the uh that was the visible uh, insult that Woodrow Wilson used to galvanize the country and get us into World War One. and of course Pearl Harbor was the Uh, event that galvanized the country and got us into World War II because people did not want to go and fight another world war. Well, you know what? If we don't, this is the whole thing about staying strong militarily and not backing down and sending troops and weapons to allies and, and shoring them up because it says to our enemies, you can't just trot on them. You can't just march in on them because you're marching in on us. And so they stop and think. And it maintains world peace and world order. And you say, well, that's a, that's a tough way to do it. Well, until somebody figures out a better way to keep a bully from attacking, uh, what are you going to do? Because you're always going to have bullies. Yeah. I mean, you know, until we evolve into some higher species, we're going to have bullies. We're going to have despots. We're going to have people who want to use their muscle to advance their own agenda. And, you know, the Democrats are doing this in a peaceful way. They're doing it by stirring up uh, the, uh, trying to stir up the minority populations into thinking that they're being given an unfair advantage and the woke movement and Black Lives Matter and all that. And, and all of this is backfiring on them now, but this is, this is how they see they can build a power base and maintain power, and that's what they want. Meanwhile, power.
1: they're not. Meanwhile, they're not focusing on the big picture
2: as you and I are right now. No, and, and you know, power for power's sake is is nonsense. It's ridiculous. I mean, to have your people starving in 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 the Soviet Union in the nineteen eighteen twenty two era, while the 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 party members are eating steak and lobster, is just you know it, it's just unfathomable to me. Unfathomable. I can't even well, That's what it. Le-
1: that le- leads to revolution.
2: Yeah, that, and that's what leads to. Yeah, I, really, I mean, you know, that's. Now we're not starving here. There's there's no doubt about that. Everybody's well fed, despite what what you hear and see on TV. I, I mean, I'm in the hospital. I'm in the office. I'm on the street. If there are people starving, it's because they're being neglected, or they're alcoholics, uh, drug addicts, on the streets and you know, you're not going to cure that by pumping out more food. You're going to cure that through other social uh, agendas and, and social venues. So, But uh, we, we, we have got to stand up. If we don't stand up, we're just leading the world, and it'll be our fault again, into a world war. We have to lock arms with our European and British cousins and uh, say, no, you can't do that. But I don't see that happening, Ken. I don't see that happening. And, you know, uh, uh, the Ukraine is one of the largest landmass countries in Europe, if you take Russia out of the picture. I mean, I think it's a little bit bigger than Poland and uh, Germany. Uh, Germany is pretty big and Poland's pretty big. But I may may be wrong, but I think the Ukraine's a little bit bigger than both of them. So this is a big landmass. This is a, a, a vital and important a uh, part of the world that it has seen uh, trade from ancient times. The Silk Road ended basically in the Ukraine. Did you know that? I did not know it went that far. And that uh, the uh, the Black Plague was introduced to Europe by the Venetians, who were trading up under the Black Sea into uh, that part of the Crimea That's, that was until, <laughs> until the Russians took it back uh, a few years ago. That, that's where they picked up the Black Plague because they were trading with the uh, with the Muslim traders who were coming down the Silk Road and and uh, they'd come to the Black Sea and the Venetians would sail up uh, through the Straits of Dardanelle up into the Black Sea and they'd pick up goods and come back and along with it they picked up rats that had the fleas that had the Black Plague. So this is a, this has been a, a major part of European history for. Uh, for millennia, millennia, it, 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 there are Stone Age people dating back probably 10,000 years into that area. So we're, we're not, we cannot just turn our backs on this like we did in World War One and World War II until it's a crisis. Because as I've said over and over again, the world is way too small and the, the rocketry is way too fast. And now we've got the hypersonics. Oh, my God. Well, we what don't do we really
1: got? know they work yet.
2: They've been tested. They've been tested. Well, we hope that ours work. Well, we hope yeah. <laughs> theirs <that ours> don't. <laughs> well,
1: that's quite a history lesson we're having this morning. I like this.
2: Yeah, and you know the other thing because that
1: history repeats itself. It really does. If you don't pay attention to it, you're doomed it, it, to repeat
2: it as well, as they say. It does, and, and I got to tell you now, this is a this is another sign. The Philippines, who have kind of turned back towards us, and they're now also cuddling up to the Indians. Not not the American Indians, not the Native Americans, although nobody's native to North America. They're just cousins of my wife's who <laughs> This walked. got here.
1: This got here first,
2: really. Yeah. yeah, they got here first. So so the, the Filipinos have bought or have uh contracted to buy from India the Brahmos cruise missile, which does uh, Mach two and but the Chinese have uh, an anti-missile missile that does Mach three point five. <laughs> But uh, these things will go about 180 miles, so they'll reach a little ways out, and they can carry a payload of, you know, about 1,500 pounds. So they'll do a little damage, and remember, these things can fly pretty low. They can go as low as 15 kilometers, which is, what, uh, nine miles? uh, That's that's as high as they go and as low as 10 meters, which is 30 feet. So they can go up to uh, nine miles high and come down to 10 meters, so they can fly pretty low. And they're about at the level that our cruise missiles were, I'd say, twenty, thirty years ago, which were still pretty good. Why you know, are they, they
1: buying ours?
2: Because the, the the Indians and the and the Philippines are trying to get a, a mutual uh, uh, defense kind of thing going, mutual yeah. defense act going, and so the Indians are saying, well, you know, if you're going to do that, you got to buy from us, and the Indians are saying we got to build up our export uh, of of uh, armaments because. Russia and China and the United States and even Canada, although the Canadians don't think they do, they export a lot of military hardware to the world. And there's good money in it. And it also makes for good relationships because if you're buying uh, military hardware from the United States and you need parts, well, guess what? <laughs> you got to come back to us. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing with the F 35 is that we realized that countries would not buy it if we made it solely here. So we said, okay, everybody gets to make one part and you ship that part to us so that we can make ours here and we'll ship what we've got to you and you can assemble yours at your end. And since you're making one part that is vital, you got a key. So everybody said, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. So the United States it shipped out and we've sold a, a bunch of these F-35s which are not bad planes, uh, they're not the F-22s, but they're still not bad fighter jets. Uh, th- these are attached to each other by these individual parts that each country gets to manufacture exclusively, and so everybody has to kind of hang together. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. That works fairly well to, to make some cohesion. And uh, But Turkey uh, dropped out of that, didn't they? Or they we, we took them out, they, out of it out, but now they're starting to come back. And ah. starting, because see, they're they're afraid now. You know, they have traditionally been an enemy of Russia. They've been at war with Russia off and on for for hundreds of years. You know, the Russians have been trying to take the Turks since the beginning of of the uh, of the Russian expansion. And uh, so now the Turks are saying, "Ooh, you know, we can almost see across the Black Sea the Ukraine." You <laughs> know. <laughs> Now we're just, you know, a couple hundred miles away from these these guys. I mean, they're coming. yeah. And so they're coming back to us and saying, you know, maybe we were a little rash a few years <laughs> ago. Maybe we really didn't mean to cuddle up to the Russians that much. We just wanted to kind of see how they were doing, you know, check in on them. So now we, we have got really and truly uh, a pre-World War II, World War II situation here, Ken. Uh, we do. It, it's scary. And you know, for you and me it's it's not going to impact us much because we're older guys, and we're not going to be drafted, but our kids and our grandkids, and this whole idea that my sisters are pumping that our democracy is evil, and you know that the Chinese have a better system, and that this and that I mean they just don't know, they don't understand, and they're they're going to lead us into the same situation that we were in before World War One and especially before World War two in which we were attacked and, uh, and pulled into the World War. And, and if we had intervened earlier, 10 years earlier, or five years earlier even, then Germany would have been contained. And they were not. And Japan would have been contained. And they were not. And they wreaked havoc all over the world, committed all kinds of atrocities and crimes. I don't know what we have, 60, 80 million people died in World War II. That's a lot of people. Yes, it was, and it, it, it can happen again. Don't think it can't. Don't think it can't happen again. It can happen again. You say, "Well, we've got nuclear weapons. Are you going to nuke the Soviet? I mean, the Russians? Or is that what we're going to do?" Not unless we're prepared to be nuked ourselves. Not unless we we better have some anti missile missiles that we, are. Working. You better believe it. Otherwise, we ain't gonna be around. Well. We'll be around, but a lot of us will not be around. Some of us will still be around. And your GPS may
1: disappear. Now we're talking about space weapons and all kinds. It could be a really messy, messy war. It
2: would be messy. And the ability to knock out electronics with, uh, with the waves from nuclear explosions, you would not even have to destroy a country to destroy its infrastructure. You could do it by setting off nuclear weapons higher up in the atmosphere that would maybe blow out windows and rain down a lot of radioactive material, but it would knock out our electronics.
1: Yeah. It's a, le- it's an electronic electromagnetic uh, pulse
2: or something like that. Electromagnetic pulse yeah. that, w- that wouldn't could wipe out a lot of our electronics. And so then you're blind and death.
1: And your planes you- fall from the sky and your cars stop.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and then you have to send up smoke signals and, <laughs> We you are pretty much
1: back into the 1700s at that point. You better know yeah. how to hunt.
2: We'd be back, uh, you know, we'd be 50 to 100 years uh, back. We'd be before the telegraph. Yes. Which was the 1840s, I think, Morris first hooked up the telegraph. And I think we had transatlantic telegraph by 1870, 1860, 1870. You know, we think that uh, things were really primitive in, in the 1860s. Abe Lincoln sat in the Telegraph office at the White House and had live ongoing reports of the battles that were going on. The Battle of Antietam, he knew every move that uh, McClellan was making within five minutes of it. He knew every battle, every little step. He knew the whole story. That was the beginning of the shrinking of the world. I mean, it was almost instantaneous. Just as quick as they could type it out, he got that information.
1: So if you like your Facebook, you better start worrying about what's going on in Ukraine and places like that.
2: Absolutely. And if you think that we're we're isolated and insulated, we are not. We are not. No, those, we, those we two are, oceans
1: those two oceans won't protect us anymore.
2: Not protect us. They didn't protect us in World War Two. They little still bit. <laughs> a little bit. Well Ken, it looks like we're we're about at a break here. Oh but. my
1: goodness, look at the time.
2: Hey, Let's, we've got a uh, trivia question coming up next half, half hour. Yeah. So stay up tuned, and don't forget we've also got the oh. and the COVID rapid test, both the PCR and the antigen. It's seven two seven three eight four six four one one. Go ahead, Ken. Tell them about the uh, the mug contest. Yeah, we're gonna be giving away a uh, Dr.
1: Bill, your radio MD coffee mug right after the break here, and you're gonna call in, and answer a trivia question. The question will deal with something we talked about in the first half of the show. So stand by for that question, and we'll be right
3: back. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The British government is accusing Russia of seeking to replace Ukraine's government with a pro-Moscow administration. It says former Ukrainian lawmaker Yevgeny Meyerev is considered a potential candidate. He is the head of a small pro-Russia party, Nashi, which currently has no seats in Ukraine's parliament. Strong winds pushed a wildfire that broke out of the rugged mountains above Big Sur, California, to the sea yesterday. Forcing hundreds of residents on a precarious stretch of the coast to evacuate. Fire officials say the blaze broke out Friday night in a canyon and quickly consumed 1,500 acres of brush and redwood trees. Authorities issued evacuation orders for about 500 residents. And witnesses say Islamic extremists have abducted 17 girls in northeast Nigeria. Two residents telling the AP members of Boko Haram attacked the village. This is SRN News.
2: One, one, seven, two, seven, three, eight, four, six, four, one, one. Dr. Bill here with social distancing and sheltering in place. Telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at seven, two, seven, three, eight, four, six, four, one, one. Seven, two, seven, three, eight, four, six, four, one, one.
1: With PatriotSoftware.com Accounting and payroll Keep your time and money
0: Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur In 2016, one of my employees accidentally clicked through an online vendor's contract which recommitted my company to an additional 12 months of their service I called the vendor to explain the accident Nope, they pointed to their ironclad contract, told me to pay or else I will pay them, but after 12 months, I'm gone. I've been in business over 30 years, and I've never made my customers sign a long-term contract. Never. And now, my fifth successful company, Patriot Software, offers payroll to business owners with 1 to 100 employees, and there's no long-term contract. And if you need help with your payroll, we will help you for free. Go to PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. Good news, ladies. Ugly brown spots on your skin might feel like they're the end of the world, but they're not. You can fade those brown spots from view with Dr. Perry's Night Skin Cream. New customers can try night skin free. Diminish the appearance of brown spots on your face, neck, and hands. Try night skin free. Call 1-800-509-4152. Pay only shipping and handling, one per household. Call for your free night skin. Call 1-800-509-4152. That's 1-800-509-4152. AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast.
1: After a partly cloudy start, some sunshine today, high 60. It'll be clear tonight, low 42, and plenty of sunshine tomorrow. Monday's high 64. Clouds move in tomorrow night, and Tuesday will be mostly cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm in the afternoon. That day's high 66. Partly sunny Wednesday, high 70. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Sally Sherman for AM860.
2: And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. i got Ken by my side. Ken, you want to do the uh, the mug thing now, or you want to wait a minute?
1: No, let's do that right. Let's get this uh, going right now. The question for today's prize, the coveted Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mug is... How far, and I'm looking for a country's name here. It's been in the news. You should be able to come up with this. How far did Doc say the Silk Road goes? How far does it, did the Silk Road go back when its day? What yeah, country it? did it end at? It went as far north as and that's that's the uh, country we're looking for, whatever that country was, one eight seven seven nine six nine eighty six hundred-eight seven seven nine six nine. 8,600 is the number to call, and the first caller with the correct
2: answer wins. By the way, it's two mugs. I'm sending Oh, it's out. two mugs. Yeah, I figured, what the heck, you know. It's a twofer. <laughs> well, you people, don't want to drink coffee
1: alone in the morning.
2: Most people, are, they're going to have a significant other there, and uh, even if they only have their dog, they can let their dog drink out of that,
1: put some water in it for them or their cat. So how far did the Silk Road go back in the day?
2: Hard to believe how how long that that trade route was and it started in Xi'an, China, which is in uh West Central uh China about 100 150 miles south of the Gobi Desert, or kind of on, you know, right at the doorstep of the Gobi. And so uh, a lot of the trek was through the Gobi as you went into China back then. It was right through the Gobi Desert. So Amazing how much people got around even in those days, you know, just amazing. To me. Well, the
1: phone's ringing off the hooks. so people are calling in with the correct answer, we hope, anyway.
2: Boy, we'll, right. well, while they're ringing the phones, I'm going to talk a little bit about Japan and the United States and our our mutual defense pact with the Japanese. Now, we've got troops over there. We're still in Okinawa. Right now, they're upset with us because of the, of the virus, and uh, we're not as— uh, restrictive and is diligent in our, what shall I say, our hygiene, and of course, that's very offensive to the Japanese, but they also see that they're going to need us if the Chinese start moving, if they move on Taiwan, you know, they might just say, well, hell, let's just take Japan while we're in the neighborhood, (laughs) (laughs) and the Japanese are like, hmm, so the Japanese are developing a a sixth-generation fighter jet with the United States. And we're also doing joint maneuvers. And the, the big debate in, in Japan right now is, Ken, is uh, should they be an offensive country, weaponry-wise, or a defensive country? And, of course, after World War II, in their constitution, they had that they would never be a nuclear power and that they would only do defensive uh, kinds of things. But that's, uh, what, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago? I can't I, what's Yeah, it's 80 years ago now. World War II. And that's a long time ago. And memories fade and a new crises arise, as we're seeing. And although they look similar to the old crises, uh, they have different players playing different parts. And so now the Japanese are saying, the conservative Japanese uh, are saying, you know what, if we don't have offensive weaponry, if we're not able to reach out and touch the Chinese, they may reach out and touch us. And that's that's a big concern. The the Japanese have the ability to build some uh, very advanced equipment, and we can certainly arm them as well, help them arm. But they also have to spend more money on their defenses. And they may be quietly doing that, but we have asked them to go to that 2% of their GDP uh, as we have with NATO. That's, I think, the basic NATO rule is that everybody has to chip in at least 2%. We've been chipping in a lot more over the years, and as you know, Trump uh, was adamant that the European countries cough up their fair share and not make us carry the whole burden. We'll see how that works out with Biden. I don't know if he's stuck to that or not, Ken.
1: Well, he should if he hasn't.
2: He should, and, and you know, and the, the, the Europeans and the British, they better take a close look at what's going on in Ukraine and say, hmm, is, is this what we <laughs> Here. <laughs> do we want the Russians knocking on Poland's door? And Poland's part of NATO now. Yeah. So if so they go to Poland,
1: we have to go in.
2: You're right. Have to go in. If they go down and say, you know, we want you to roll back your NATO boundaries to 1997, uh, that means Poland is now in our sphere of influence. Uh, then we're going to have to do something. This is just ridiculous. What are these people thinking in Washington? What are they thinking? They're thinking, how do I
1: keep my job? That's what they're thinking.
2: Yeah, they're thinking, how do I not have my pension and my uh, portfolio upset? And they're thinking, uh, how can I maintain all the power that I have and not be kicked out by some evil orange man like Trump? But, I mean, even FDR realized in the 1930s that his program, his social program had pretty much failed. The New Deal had failed and that we were headed to war. And he told his young cabinet members, uh, Wallace and Claude Pepper and Adley Stevenson, his socio communist gang that was in there pushing for the socialization of the country. And when they came to him in 38 and said, What happened to the New Deal? He said, It, it didn't work. We're going to war, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get a strap on your armor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we did go to war. We did. He, he knew, he saw it coming. I don't think Biden has that ability to to see down the road that far. I don't I don't think he has. He's not the same academic and acumen level as Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But you would think that he would have enough sense to see that you don't let these people just march into uh, the Ukraine or take Taiwan. I mean, you just don't let them do that. This is this is not the way to to have world peace.
1: Now, I, read, gotcha. I read one theory o- last week, over the last week, that I thought was interesting. I want to know what you think of it. I was reading something, an article about, uh, it's a financial article, and they were talking about this whole Ukraine thing and, and the possibility. Now, Russia, like you said earlier, they give out a lot of oil. They sell a lot of oil. They want the price of oil as high as they can make it, and him going into the Ukraine will push oil over the $100 a barrel mark easily.
2: It, it probably will because you'll have to consume a lot of uh, fuel to to move tanks and troops. And so they'll divert uh, oil away from and natural gas away from their domestic sales, which will drive the prices up because there'll be a shortage.
1: And the I mean, whole country will make money because it's
2: the, uh, the worldwide uh, oil price will go up. Yeah, the demand will be there still and the supply will be decreased. So it's a simple economic formula. Uh, supply and demand, if you... If you have more demand and less supply, you're going to ask more money. So could this partly be maybe he just wants to get the price of oil up? Well, I think that, uh, that money is always a good thing to have if you want to wage war, <laughs> economic war, or military war. You need money. Yeah. You need <laughs> cash, baby. And uh, the more cash he has, the more power he has. I mean, let's face it. These are power-hungry people. They want power. They want absolute power. They want to control the world. And they make no bones about it. But how do we do, how do we stop that? We stand up to them. So this is just that simple. It's just, it's just so simple. It's not easy, but it's simple, as they say in Alcoholics Anonymous. It's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's going to take some courage. It's going to take uh, realigning our assets into military and instead of uh, into all these crazy social programs, and uh, we, we do have to rebuild our infrastructure, but, you know, I don't understand some of the rebuilding. I mean, instead of repaving the roads in St. Petersburg, Florida, they're putting in these, these bus stop embankments on Central Avenue and First Avenue North and South, and I, I don't understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. The traffic was moving fine before, and the roads are still unpaved. You know, there's still potholes all over the place.
1: So, you know, what's it, really falling apart? It, it, uh, it's, it's the bridges. That. The bridges are just deteriorating in many, many locations.
2: Well, you know, fortunately in Florida, we have invested a lot of money in bridges because it's so vital to to our 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 way of life here in Florida. We uh, have more uh, coastline than any other. Uh, state in the lower 48s. Of course, Alaska is the big boy on everything. But we have more than California. We have more than Texas. We've got more coastline than anybody. We've got more barrier islands than anybody. We've got more uh, canals that are crossed than anybody. And so we have put a lot of money into keeping our bridges up. And we've done a good job. We've done a good job. But many states have not. Many states have not. And they've counted on the federal government to do it for them and in some ways, uh, they'll need help because if you're crossing the Ohio or the Mississippi River on a bridge, that's a big project, and you're usually going from one state to another. So you're, you're in an interstate situation. You need some federal help. And I'm sure we've gotten some federal help with our state uh, bridges, but uh, we've done a pretty good job, and we've stayed in the black. We've kept our economy in the black in, in Florida. We've done a really good job of managing our money. And people say, well, yeah, but you're still one of the poorest states in terms of Uh, Per capita income, well, you got to mix in not only that we're a southern state, but also that we've got a large retirement population that's on fixed income, Ken. And, you know, what are you going to do? You can't can't say, well, you know, you're poor because you guys aren't making as much money as the rest of the country. Well, you know what? (laughs) If you're on a fixed income, you're retired. You ain't going to get a raise. Right. It ain't coming. I mean, you might get 1% or 2% every four or five years when the AARP – Yells and screams and carries on. But uh, overall, we actually have a lot of wealth down here. We have a lot of resources, uh, perhaps not as much as some of the uh, interior states. But, you know, even oil, we've got tons of oil sitting right under our feet.
1: We do? I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, but we don't want to drill. I mean, Uh. I talked with one driller and he said, Doc, I can drill down and make a, a 90 degree turnout into the Gulf of Mexico and I can hit oil in a month. But we we don't want to drill. We don't want that on our coast. <clears throat> we'll leave that to, to Louisiana and Texas. <clears throat> they can have the uh, the uh, Global Horizon oil spill. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: But you know, it, it affected us too though. Yeah. So th- there are reasons that we don't want to do that, and we've got plenty of uh, resources coming in from the Gulf and from our sister state, Louisiana and Texas. And so we're we're okay, you know. And it comes in on barges; it doesn't come in on tankers. So yeah, we're yeah. America's
1: playground. This is where people come to sit on a beach. So
2: yeah, and we want to stay that way. We want to stay uh, a nice, clean, healthy environment and welcome people down here. I mean, Orlando is one of the most visited places on Earth, at least on the, in the Western world. I don't know about China; they probably have places that are more visited now. But just because of their sheer size isn't
1: there a disney world or something like it in china isn't there a china disney
2: yeah there is yeah and you know and and in some of their provinces like macau and and in hong kong and different places they have resorts and huge uh disney world like uh parks and uh, and when we were in xian and we went to see the terracotta statues which are the uh the the thousand two twenty five hundred year two thousand year old statues of all the soldiers of one of the emperors that he had made so that they would be with him in the afterlife, I guess. And they're all buried. And and, then some farmer found him several decades ago. He, he did well, he got a lot of land and never had to work again. (laughs) When we went there, we thought, well, there'll be a lot of tourists, but what we didn't realize that they were 99% Chinese. And I mean, there were thousands and thousands of people there. that were there to see the terracotta statues and you go into the museum part of it Ken and they had taken pictures of the faces of these uh warriors that had been uh, ensconced for not all eternity but for a long period of time and they put the pictures up on the walls because a lot of these families that these soldiers were uh you know the the patriarchs of were still living in the area so (laughs) come in and they'd look up on the wall and they said, hey, that looks exactly like grandpa. That looks exactly like dad. And so they were looking at their their ancestors from two thousand years ago. And it is a big draw. It's a big draw. And there's no theme park there. It's just these terracotta statues in the museum. And it's really uh, it's fun to see. It's really interesting and it's huge. It's huge. And they still haven't dug I think they've only dug up like a third of, of the area. Uh they're gonna wait I guess they're doing archaeological studies as they go it's unbelievable unbelievable football field size and just full of terracotta statues of these soldiers so how did I get onto that I'm not sure how we got there
1: <laughs> but I do have I, I can bring us back to the Ukraine because that was the answer to today's question and uh, Yoland Mahalik of St. Pete came up the correct answer Yolin Mahalik of St. Pete. Congratulations. You're going to get two, two, count them, two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs in the mail from the good doctor in just a, a few weeks, probably. We'll get them to you as soon as we can. But he had the correct answer to the question, how far, back in the day, how far did the Silk Road go?
2: And it went to Ukraine. Ukraine. All yes. right. That is pretty cool. Yolen, uh what was that last name again? That sounds... Uh, Mahalik,
1: I think it is. Mahalik
2: or uh, that sounds uh you know uh, uh balkan peninsula or eastern europe uh mahalic uh, i knew a mahalovic he was a surgeon I, I guess he still is a cardiac surgeon and he was from somewhere in in the balkans in the you know former yugoslavia area so that i think that's going to be a name in that region of the world there so that's that's good i mean to kind of ties things together at the end of the show here. <laughs>
1: that's right. We got about four minutes left. So what do you want to talk about next, Doc? You want to stick with the, uh, you want to talk about the virus at all? We really haven't talked about the virus. Anything new there at all?
2: Hey, we're just seeing, a, a, you know, the, the surge is continuing, although it seems to be dying down some. Our hospital, uh, we've got one ward that's full, uh, almost all unvaccinated, and uh, that remains a problem. And uh, I'm, I'm really upset with a lot of these news media outlets, including Fox, who are saying uh, that the vaccine doesn't protect against Omicron. That's not what the studies say. The studies say that you can still catch Omicron, but if you're fully vaccinated, and especially if you're boosted, and now the Israelis are going into a fourth booster, which, by the way, I beat them by a month because uh, I took my fourth shot in, in December over Christmas, Uh It's been amazing how I've been ahead of this. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) Hey, I'm just glad I've been with you this whole time. You kept me alive. Well, I'm glad that you you are alive because I can't do this alone. You've become an integral part of the show. Dang! Well, you got all the
1: shots that I need.
2: So (laughs) tell Barb to increase your salary. (laughs) (laughs) And and so it's not that it doesn't protect you against Omicron. It keeps you from getting very sick from Omicron. So if you get the Omicron and you're fully vaccinated, three doses, and I, I'm going to start telling people, and I, I told this to Ken, I said, let's check your antibody levels. Did we get those back yet, Ken? I don't know. I, I haven't heard yet. So it was it was a Thursday we did that. So At th- they're probably back. I just haven't looked yet. But here's the thing. If your antibody levels are high, you don't need a fourth dose. But we would like to check you again in, in four to six months and see if they start to fall, because there may be some more strains coming along. Now, if your antibody levels are low, you need a booster. Why? Because this will keep you from getting too sick if you do get the Delta or the Omicron. And we know that there's been essentially no deaths from the Omicron in people who are fully vaccinated. So, this this is a this is really still an important. Uh, an important talking point Ken. i mean as as much as i'm sick of talking about it (laughs) it it really remains a major public health threat and it interferes with the smooth functioning of the hospitals and in canada you know they've shut down elective surgeries the doctors aren't going to their offices they're only seeing people on telemedicine visits because the government has them so scared and uh, their vaccination although they've been highly vaccinated a lot of them only got one shot, and then they had to wait six months to get another. And, of course, they started off with the live virus, uh, the the adenovirus vaccines, and those were not as effective as the mRNAs. Now they've got the mRNA vaccines, the Pfizer and the Moderna. And uh, th- th- this is important. And you say, well, natural immunity is better. Well, you know what? <laughs> Any immunity is good. You Get your, get your antibody levels up. It doesn't matter. If you want to go out and catch the Omicron and risk ending up in the hospital really sick and not get a vaccine, that's fine with me. I mean, that's not going to make or break my day. You're going to use up resources that could be allocated for other purposes. But we have enough beds in the United States that we can handle it. At least in our state, we do can. We've got tons of beds. We're fine. We've got tons of ventilators, although we haven't had anybody on the ventilator with the Omicron. This is we all have, good things. We haven't had anybody in the ICU. They're all out on the floor. And they're all largely elderly sick people who didn't get vaccinated. So what's that tell you? Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Come on. Let's, let's, not let's, rocket science here. No, and it's not like anybody's growing a third arm or, you know, they're, nobody's having a spontaneous miscarriage from having the vaccine. I mean, this is all nonsense. We're not having any deformed babies come out who – whose mothers had the vaccine while they were pregnant. This is just so damn silly. 20 seconds, Doc. Say goodbye, buddy. We're sorry. We got to go. We got to go. Love you guys. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. I am Dr. Bill. I'm out of here.
0: Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic.